It's not playing with Lex, that guy over there. And Dan, the guy who started talking. <laughs> That's me. Wow, amazing how that works. That was like a boomerang of introductions. <laughs> uh, Lex, it's good to be back with you watching movies that one or both of us hasn't seen. What a gift, Dan. I, <laughs> it's a gift that many people wish they could return, <laughs> but no receipt was included. Yeah, it's theirs for life. This is it. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, this is an entry in the movies I have not seen category. Mm, I have seen it so many times. This might wow, be one of the movies okay. I've seen the most of. I don't even know why. I do like it, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't keep watching I would hope it, so. <laughs> I'd be yeah. very confused if you're like, I have seen this movie a billion times and it is awful. Here, let's watch it. See, it's, a, it's a good hate watch. But no, but Dan, tell me everything you know. The film, I almost gave away things, about the film Goodfellas. I know that there is, for some reason, an intercapped F. I have questions about that, but I'm, I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> Macworld. Um, <laughs> Goodfellas. It's the 1990 picture of Goodfellas. Okay. It's a mob movie. It stars Ray Liotta. He plays Henry Hill. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's, okay. That's... And it's a story of like, a, like his coming of age. And like I feel like the beginning, like the first line is like, as far back as I can remember, I've always wanted to be a gangster or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a talking about him as a kid and like I think like looking up to the gangsters and how he becomes a gangster. Is this the is this Joe Pesci in this? Uh he is in fact in this movie. Is this a like uh like you laughing at me or you talking to me or whatever? <laughs> is that from this? <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> you have the, the the right conversation but the wrong line. You okay. talking to me, I believe it's in a me. different movie. Okay. And by a different spoken by a different actor. Okay, boy. <laughs> I'm not all right. I'm not great. You talking to movies. me is 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 De Niro and Taxi Driver, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is De Niro. I have seen Taxi Driver. Uh, I thought that was like a, the Am I a Clown? That's not De Niro, though. Different. That's that, okay. That those, is are two, those are two. Those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm not great with mob movies. I just don't. It's not a genre that I've gravitated to. I've seen. I mean, I've seen The Godfather, only part one though, <laughs> and probably a few others. But it's just not. Not something that's always, uh, I think the, the, specifically, I assume, is this the mafia? Like, are we still talking here? Or is yeah. this just sort of a, okay. This will be the mafia. Do you know the, the writer or director of this movie? Is this Scorsese or no? It is co-written by Scorsese and directed okay. by Scorsese. Okay. And do you know any, I think you mentioned Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci. Do you know any other actors who are in this movie? Probably, but I've clicked away from the uh, intro screen, so I'm not, they're not coming to mind immediately. Because <laughs> you met taxi driver robert de niro oh de niro also in this okay so this is like a lot of mobster movie staples i feel like (laughs) yes yes it's all the the usual suspects if you will but that's a different oh that's different i was thinking thinking, ray liotta like it's one of those guys who pops up in a ton of stuff and yet the only movie i think of him is in a movie that you and i watch together which is field of dreams (laughs) uh where he plays shoeless joe jackson listen if Um, you want to watch a movie i'm not playing i will come there you go uh yeah so i'm guessing is this a i assume period piece what like does it take place in like the what 50s 40s somewhere in there like mid-century i don't do math but no i it is it is a, an era film I, I i guess it's probably the, the 50s and 60s i think that sounds right 
It might go further than that. I don't okay. actually recall. Okay. But it, it's based on a book. It's based. It's it's a true story. I don't know if you recognize the Harold Hills. Uh, sorry, Harold Hill. Harold Hill is a different story altogether. <laughs> that Henry Hill is a, Boy, was that a real is a crossover. Person. I would like to see. Oh, for sure. Seventy six machine guns on the. <laughs> But uh, so you, you're not drawn to the mafia or mob movie genre, but uh, you, like you mentioned, you've seen Godfather. Are you opposed to it or like not a fan of no, it or it's just not your thing? I'm not, okay. I'm not actively not a fan. It's just I don't find it, I think, quite as um, intriguing, I think, as a lot of other people do. It's not, it's not my favorite genre, but I'm, I'm always here for a story well told and it doesn't necessarily put me off. One of the tricky things when you're dealing with a mafia movie is how sympathetic are these people, right? Like... I think The Godfather always does a nice job of walking that line between, like, you know, how much do you like these characters and are willing to admit that what they're doing is reprehensible, <laughs> right? Like, that's tricky. Yeah. It's tricky. I mean, mm-hmm. we like we like escapist movies where we see people do awful things for whatever reason, I guess because they're the things we wish we could do. Uh, it gets dark. It gets dark. And there is an aura of cool around some of it, right? But I, yeah, that, I guess that never appealed to me as much but yeah, yeah. I, there there are works of fiction that you know lionize criminals that i can get behind i guess but my favorites are the ones where they're showing you like you're not supposed to root for them like right. in, uh, breaking bad you're not supposed to root for walter over time but yeah i think most of my movies are kind of like here they are <laughs> enjoy them which i understand <laughs> is it can be tough to get behind enjoy these mobsters yeah, mobbing it up. I also just want you to be forewarned, if you're going to watch the movie with your kids, it does feature two uses uh, of the F word per minute on average. So okay. All right. Be prepared. I don't think this is a... Yeah, maybe this is why I never saw it, because it wasn't a movie my parents were like, hey, let's sit down and watch Goodfellas. And you were like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and I also watched Scarface back in like... That's true, we did. One or two, which is also similar. I mean, different different era and different type of but like organized crime fundamentally as a you know backdrop a movie which a lot of people love and i think you and i both thought was okay <laughs> right but yeah i'm i'm intrigued i know many many people reference this movie a lot and it is yeah. one that i have never seen so you well know, i'm excited to watch it with you looking forward to having my gaps filled in <laughs> yeah and that's also a, a mafia punishment <laughs> <laughs> i thought we could say something about dentistry <laughs> Hey, I'm going to fill in that guy's gaps. There you oh, go. It's, really? It's because my teeth are just a little... Oh, God, that's not what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Lex, you and I are going to watch Goodfellas together, but I am so delighted that we are also offering, for a limited time only, uh, not true, this <laughs> ability to watch this movie along with you and me for members of The Incomparable. Get out of town. I, I, okay, all right. I see, all right, I'm going. No, I'm back, and I'm going to tell you how you can become a member of The Incomparable and get such amazing bonus features. Go to theincomparable.com slash members, sign up for uh, one of our many offered plans starting at just five bucks a month, and you get a ton of benefits, such as bootleg episodes, uh, episodes recorded but not edited yet. You get bonus content, uh, including every single commentary track for everything Lex and I have watched for not playing. All of them. That's like... I've actually lost track of how many episodes of the show we have done, but it's got to be like 50 movies at least, maybe more. Oh, yeah. Probably more. And uh, a ton of other stuff, including some swag. And just recently, as we record this, uh, our brand new Discord member community. Awesome. Mm. Wow. Who knew? And, and just in case that wasn't enough, you get the warm, fuzzy feeling of having supported 
your favorite podcast. And if you decide to send some section of your contribution to Not Playing, you get to support me and Lex directly, which is amazing. Well, as as we record, Dan, this is roughly the 76th or 77th movie we've watched together. Wow. 76 movies. Well, Dan, now I have some good news. All right. You have at long last seen the two hour and 25 minute movie, Goodfellas. Indeed I have. And what'd you think? Well, this is one of these complicated situations where I feel like I can admire the technique and like artistry that went into a movie. I don't think I enjoyed it. Hmm. (laughs) I mean, it's not a fun movie, right? Like... I don't know. I guess that's maybe not the the best way to judge it, but like I we discussed at the beginning the difficulty of the idea of something where you don't like the characters. And I think, you know, there's so much in here where I feel like, oh my god, these people are terrible and making all these bad decisions and I just feel like oh my i i would never want to be in this life i don't like anything about what they're doing and it's very much a struggle for me to feel sympathetic to them (laughs) even even karen who gets dragged into this basically she eventually becomes part of it right and and complicit in all of it and that to me was the the trickiness of it how do i deal with the fact that I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spend time with people because I think they're all awful, right? It's all fair. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's, it's a fascinating slice of this, this life and this culture, but one that I've never had any aspiration or fondness for. I think that's all fair. I don't have aspiration to be a mafioso myself. I, and I don't think you have to, but yeah. like, I guess I don't enjoy as much spending you know two and a half hours with people that i just they make me feel like gross inside (laughs) (laughs) well and see what's interesting to me and this is maybe a weird way to appreciate the movie and it certainly comes from thinking about it too much but like there are people who watch this movie as fans of these characters right they root for them maybe they even get mad at henry hill for becoming a rat at the end henry hill also just a garbage human but (laughs) sure yeah absolutely as as are they all but People who who root for everybody and like love these characters and love this kind of story. I'm not saying that people are like, yeah, let's go be murderous thugs, but like, there's people who are rooting for these guys. There's no other way to say it. But just as in like, I can watch and enjoy The Godfather, even though I don't like the characters. Mm-hmm. I think the performances are so good, and I think the storytelling is so good. You got annoyed by the directing, which I want to talk about, but like, <laughs> I think that the mechanics of this movie are so. <laughs> for lack of a better term, fun to watch. And the performances are fun to watch, even though they're terrible people. Yeah, and that's fair. Although it's based on a true story, right? With the more you read about it, the more liberties it seems to be taking. And it's all through Henry Hill's lens anyway. Right. Full sure. crap to begin with. But yeah. it feels very separated from reality for me. <laughs> so okay. I think if I thought about it more as, hey, all this or many of these things really happen, whatever, then it'd be harder. But just watching it as basically as a work of fiction, which again, I acknowledge it's not, but watching it that way, I enjoy the way the story is told. And I, I don't know. I, to me, there's nothing that 
De Niro does or that Joe Pesci does that's better. They're just so watchable in this. And and yeah, I don't know. I, I like watching them so much in this movie. And your your friend who you were excited about, uh, uh, Paul Servino, there's mm-hmm. just, there's I don't know, they're so compelling and watchable. So that's that's what I think yeah, I like no, about this movie. I, I, I think there's a, there is certainly a lot of charisma on display and a lot of, I agree, De Niro and Pesci are both very good here. This feels, I mean, in some ways, this is the preeminent Robert De Niro role. He's been in many other things, obviously, but like... I feel this, like this, analyze that. Yeah, well, I mean, I was going to say, this is very... <laughs> It feels like every, oh, to a certain degree, every other role De Niro has played is riffing on this role. Right. <laughs> and, right. and I mean, you know, he's been in other movies that he played characters that are similar, probably even before this, I guess. Right. But, but this feels like a distillation of what De Niro is known for, right? Like, this is the role in some ways that, that feels like it encapsulates him. And I appreciate that. I, I think it's, it's, it's so weird. Like, I mean, so fundamentally so much of this movie, as I think I mentioned briefly as we were watching, it comes down to this loyalty idea, right? Like the end, he's a rat, whatever. And they all like looking at him like, can't believe you ratted us out. It's like, well, you were going to kill me, right? Like, let's not pretend (laughs) that loyalty goes either way in this this relationship. And that for me is so difficult to deal with too, is like this idea. And I, I, I do really enjoy that bit in the diner at the end where he's talking about the, you know, the, the people who kill you, they don't argue with you. They're not yelling at you. It comes as a surprise, which it does. And like every scene in this movie, like drills home this idea that it's like you got that. Like you've got you as a as the audience have that sense of dread, right? When you're like a oh, yes. person is bad, but that person doesn't know, right? Like the person is just like I'm having a conversation with these people, and everything is fine. And then literally a second later, they are getting shot or strangled or stabbed. Right. And I think that's that's. I mean, I don't like the people getting shot and stabbed, but like. No, well, I'm sure there's some, but there are so many. Let me pray in a positive. Way. There's so many strong performances here. Like Mike Starr is Frenchie, feels like a very believable Frenchie, and then the the wig guy whose name I can't think of, Maury. Maury, yeah. he's so good as Maury. Oh, yeah, like sure. He feel he, he feels like a fully fleshed character, even though he doesn't have that much time uh, in the movie overall. And I just uh, there's I really enjoy those things. I, I wanted to ask you. I have so many things I want to ask you, actually. Oh, First sure, of all, sure. uh, what motivates you in life? No, um, so uh, there's a scene near the end where Karen goes to visit Robert De Niro, and he gives her some money, and he's like, hey, do you want to go check out dresses? It's, I, I believe it is intentionally ambiguous, ambiguous what's happening yes. in that scene. What do you yeah. feel like is happening in that scene? She's, he tells, you know, go check out the dresses, and she's walking. He's like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then she sees some thugs eventually, and then she runs away and drives off. I think if he was going to kill her, it would have killed her, right? Like, that's... To me, that's what it feels like is that it's deliberately meant to be frightening because we're seeing through her eyes and it feels foreboding. But part of me thinks, hey, I don't think he, I don't know. It's hard to tell, right? Like, it's so hard to read these people when, like, they could just have a perfectly pleasant conversation and then they kill somebody. But, like, to me, I do feel like it's definitely deliberately ambiguous. But I believe that if if you really wanted to kill her, she wouldn't have gotten away. (laughs) And so the question to me is really, because I agree with you, is she simply being paranoid or is he intentionally playing on her paranoia? And I think I lead, I lean towards the latter. I think he wants her to feel threatened and intimidated. I think there probably were dresses if she wanted to look, but he wanted her to feel afraid because he, his thought was this would get Henry's silence. 
He never thought this right, would be Right, which really backfires, honestly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's an interesting read. I think I could get behind that. I, it's hard to tell, but like, again, like I said, everybody wears a sort of mask in this movie of being this this almost faux camaraderie. Like, honestly, the most honest person is almost Polly at the end where he's like, I'm going to give you this money, but now I'm going to turn my back on you, right? Like, at least he is upfront about it. And he's like, yes. Yeah, we're done. I find it interesting as a subculture, and I agree, I agree the performances really do stand out. It's so interesting because you mentioned all the characters, and there are an almost comical number of people, right? Like, I think yeah. I said to you at some point, like, I just let it wash over me at right. this point. You I'm not up. trying to of remember. Of course. It doesn't matter. You don't really have to know who's who beyond, like, three or four people. And then everybody else kind of comes and goes, right? And that's part of the whole world of this, right? Is that people do come and go, as we see many of them get yeah. killed. And it's like, well, you don't get attached. But they are interesting characters to be, like, like fascinating little caricatures drawn along the way. Like, the, I mentioned the one guy I was really sad about was the uh, Carbone. The, Itali- the guy spoke a lot of Italian. He's the yes. guy who takes the coffee pot, right? Yeah. Like the and, and it's like, oh, you know, that guy, he's just part of the scenery, right? Like he's one of the guys forever. Nope, he gets murdered. <laughs> and he's always talking in Italian, which I love. Like yeah. he's yep. yep. But I find I think you're supposed to find, but I find Joe Pesci's character like terrifying and fascinating because he's like mm-hmm. most of them have these really strong codes and they're they're bad people, but they've got they've got their rules where Joe Pesci is insane <laughs> he's a very right. bad person and he is crazy and i don't uh, yeah yeah i i i i sympathize but yeah go ahead please sorry oh, no 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 you're but... good but there, there's the moment where he, you know he kills a made man which ends up being his own doom and he kills him because he's angry at him and he goes off the handle he's not allowed to do that and they all have to pay the price for it in various ways and i feel like the reason for michael imperioli's character is because most of us as non <laughs> mafia members as non-mobsters ourselves we can't necessarily appreciate just how bad it is that he chose to kill a made guy because he pissed him off so they also want to kill a random guy he's gonna kill a random fairly innocent seeming kid like a kid who could have been the next young henry hill coming up in the world and say he kills him because he gets mad yeah and i don't know i find him i think he's maybe the scariest character in the movie i agree i i i feel like they did a really good job of capturing a certain kind of interaction and I asked you about this while during the commentary too, like, but I, I feel I feel that I have been in those situations sometimes. I know those kinds of people to a lesser degree, like not quite as extreme, right? Not gonna gonna kill you, but like people who you feel like it could turn on a dime at any moment, right? Yeah. Like there's people who it's like, ah, this guy, you're dealing with them or you're talking with them or you're out with a bunch of people, and there's that one guy who's like that guy could just decide, like, he's right now it seems like he likes you, and, like, the, he could just decide the, like, you know, uh, uh, drop of a hat that, like, he's just going to beat the crap out of you. Yes. <laughs> and I, I, it captured the tension of the, of being with these people and trying to have, like, a chummy relationship with someone and just never being quite sure when it's going to turn. <laughs> it's that tension with a, I think there's another piece of it, too, for me, which is there's some people where, like, you can't, is is this a, is this a joke or are you actually mm-hmm. angry? Yep. Like, is mm-hmm. this actually going to be? Is this a thing now? And like, there's several of those moments too. We're like, are we are we good here or are you about to explode? And in this case, they're almost always about to explode, <laughs> quite violently. Yeah. yeah. But yes, yeah. It, there is a familiarity of that feeling. But I wanted you to talk a bit about Martin Scorsese, pretty well known as a a, a decent director. Not familiar uh, I got the sense you hated him <laughs> over the course, no, of, or you hated his hate direction Scorsese. in this film at times. I think. It is a film that's very much of its era, and I think what is always interesting about your sort of auteurs, including Scorsese, 
is they always make choices and for good or for bad, right? Like there's a lot of directors where it's like, you don't even notice the directing. And sometimes that's what you want. And a lot of times I think it comes out is very sort of bland when you run into those kinds of situations. What I struggled with in this movie is there's a lot of flash, right? Like there's a lot of showy shots. You mentioned a couple times the sort of very continuous shots as we walk through various places. Right. The Copacabana most notable. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, those are interesting and they're, and they're cool. I like that scene where they're in the restaurant in the bamboo lounge or whatever, and you, you meet everybody and everybody gets their little sentence and like you yep. sort of get these one line sketches of people. It's very clever. I thought it was interesting how he, and I think very deliberate the way he evolved it as it went along and reflected Henry's state, right? Those last 20 or 30 minutes are like frenetic, right? Like it's just constant jumps, zooms. The camera's always moving. Basically up until the shot where they're talking to the the, the lawyer about going into witness protection. And that's why I think it's very clever because it's deliberate, but it was literally making me nauseous because the camera would not stay still and it's jumping everywhere and moving and zooming and panning and all of that. And I, I just wanted it to calm down a little bit, but it's also reflecting the state of mind of somebody who is very high and very paranoid and it's it's effective i just did not like it because it was hard to watch but it's interesting because it's again it's choices right a lot of people wouldn't have bothered thinking about how do i take this shot like shot design right like how do i think about this shot where is it what's the dynamic element of this shot how are things going back and forth how does this talk about the state of mind i thought that last bit where he gets off the stand and starts talking to the audience interesting choice yes i think it's a little weird it's it's definitely there's so you know there are movies that are of their eras where i think they hold up and and you and i've talked about this i have a philosophy sometimes that like the best direction often is you don't notice it that much or you notice it in ways that don't ever detract here it's a very opinionated directing Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like the the use of freeze frames I think yep. dates this a little bit because they if there was one or two, okay, but it, they use it a lot. It's like a chapter ender basically or a chapter starter maybe. But then to your point, there are some aggressive close-ups and some aggressive zooms. I can handle a dolly shot. It's weird to me in the diner scene that they do like two of the same dolly zoom <laughs> in a row basically. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there are some moments where we're just slowly zooming in and it's like it's it's like a poorer version of a walk and talk right it's like okay i have right, a dialogue sure. have you seen how do i give it some other action and it feels it feels a little hammy and maybe that is because it got overused after he invented it or whatever but like suddenly in one of the final moments of the movie having ray Liotta break the fourth wall and talk directly <laughs> to us and walk through the courtroom while some people are frozen but uh de niro is talking to his lawyer he's like i'm not gonna freeze i'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to this guy <laughs> like i don't know it's all of it feels odd to me and there are I, I i listen i really do like this movie and i enjoy watching it which is why i've seen it multiple times but some of it feels so weird like i think there's yeah, no better yeah. ways right it's just well, weird it's so weird right because we have the whole movie is through his lens with the exception of stuff a couple times where it goes Karen. through his wife right yeah um but like it's weird to go from voiceover to look at the camera talk to the camera right like and is that sort yeah. of a tacit admission at that point that it's like at some of this is, you know, if not made up, then at very least embellished. Um, I do like that lens on it. I like the idea that, it, like, it's it's almost Scorsese saying, look, I can only tell you the story the way this guy told us, because that's right. what the and, book and, is based on. And that also, there is a kind of an interesting bit there right beforehand in the diner scene where he's talking about, like, this isn't like a movie, when, of course, you're watching a movie. And then that yeah. last scene makes it very clear that this is a movie, right? Yeah. The fact yeah. that it's him moving while everybody else is frozen, it makes it clear that this is all 
fake to a certain degree. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And so I think mm-hmm. it's very clever. Again, it's very well made an interesting choice. It's a movie, I would put it on a long list of movies that I feel like I appreciate, but I'm not necessarily eager to rewatch. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm feeling. But yeah. It's, I, I do, and, and you kind of helped me coalesce this in the start but like i i do i realize i do like these kinds of movies i do like a mafia movie i think because it's so foreign to me like there because there is a common thread in a lot of mob related films where they do have their their very specific rules and their total mm-hmm. <laughs> their their non-hesitation about just killing everybody and right. these are people you can't kill and every some of them get, and like there's something about it that i find fascinating not alluring but fascinating Mm-hmm. And I think you are right when you talk about this is a like a, a classic De Niro role, but it, it also feels to me, even though it's obviously post movies like The Godfather, it feels to me like a classic of the genre. Like it really hits on all the things sure. and yeah. shows them suffering for it, not just death, but also like right. misery and yeah. arrest. It also has that slightly, it, it's almost like a series of vignettes too, right? Like I think it's it's not a movie that has like necessarily a straight through line, which is often true, I think, with, with movies about people, like biopics. It's not like a, okay, and this is the one story I'm telling you. Like It's really the story of this guy's life, and so you have all these little episodes within it that mm-hmm. culminate in something, but it's not like a, you know, you hit the halfway through point, it's like, and this is where stuff went bad, and the next of it is all of us trying to dig ourselves out of it. No, it's just like a series of events that, that happen, and like some of them carry over and have long-term effects, and some of them don't. So I, I think that's an interesting structure to it, kind of defies a little bit what you might think of. I think you know, in some ways, The Godfather kind of has a stronger through line in mm-hmm. terms of where it's going, although you know, I think it probably has a lot of similarities to, I mean, let's see, The Godfather's one, 70s, late 70s, mid 70s, somewhere in there. So I'm just trying to think about like, you know, is this Scorsese coming along and being like, I love Coppola, what Coppola did with The Godfather and I want to make my own version of The Godfather kind of, or like, I'm curious about the, the influences of that because I feel like it's hard to make a mob movie that doesn't at least in some way tip its hat to the godfather right. and maybe in some ways this is kind of the anti-godfather almost like where it kind of takes a shot at things that like you know this isn't like the movies but yeah i don't know <laughs> well i can't argue with any of your criticisms it's interesting because i think i've only ever watched this movie alone <laughs> not, oh, okay not like in any weirdness with it but like it's not <laughs> a movie my wife would have any interest but like sure. i've seen it i think the first time i saw it was on tv and then i was like i have to watch this on whatever streaming service was on then but i, I can remember even where i was but this is my first time watching it with somebody else and i liked it a little bit less watching it with you which i don't blame <laughs> on you sorry like, <laughs> seeing it seeing it with other people's eyeballs too you're like boy especially because and you and i discuss this all the time but like the movie has very casual racism anti-semitism and misogyny sure i don't think it's wrong how do i say i think those things are wrong i don't think it's wrong to show those things because it is showing them it is not praising them and it's showing them as being very relevant to its era and to these characters if that Mm -hmm, makes sense mm -hmm. yeah but like those parts i really didn't find fun to and the the marriage between oh my gosh it's it's horrible and like lorraine bracco talks about how it's i saw some very odd phrasing about this but basically she's clearly a, a a what's the word like a, a battered wife that's not the right word but she's that too yes but it's a horrible marriage and she's in a truly awful marriage and loves him <laughs> and like won't ever leave him until i guess they say you know at the end that they eventually get divorced after many years of marriage but like that to me is the most depressing part of the movies is not even her own downfall from seemingly a decent person to a not good one but like she's in a horrible marriage and i feel sad for her 
even though she too becomes a criminal. I definitely also feel sad for her, but also she is... I still feel sad for her at the beginning, and then she basically buys in, at which point it's like, well, (laughs) I guess guess we're done here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm glad you've seen it, Dan. I think it's an important one for the the Dan Morin movie watching canon. I'm I'm glad to check it off, frankly. I'm I'm happy that we we had it done. Mission accomplished. (laughs) Put down the banner. Yeah. Yeah. So do you know what we're watching next, Dan? Because it's it's your choice. It is my choice. I have to say, I've uh, I've been looking over the list, and I, the I'm going. I think I'm going to call an audible on this one. Are you going to call the Rocketeer? Is that what's going to happen? No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> although I'm putting that on the list because that's one of my favorite <laughs> movies of all time. I, I think of that one as your favorite movie. It's not my favorite movie, but it's up there. No, we uh, a couple weeks ago when we watched, or last week, I guess we watched all the President's Men, and I started thinking about Redford and my favorite Redford role, and I think we got to go with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid next because mm. I. I, I maybe I feel similarly about that uh, that you do about this movie, and now I'm worried that like I'll watch it with you and won't like it as much. But I feel like I gotta I gotta give it a shot because it is it is uh, it's a top ten for me. It's a top ten movie. That might so, be one of the oldest movies we watch on this podcast. Yeah, that might be. We got some in our list that are older, but uh, we'll see if they actually make it to uh, to air. We only do honest on the show. I'm, I I'm, I'm, I look forward to watching with you, but I also feel dread about it. I, I, I will be shocked if I like I want to like it. I would love to like it, but I'm, we'll talk about it more next time, but I can't yeah. imagine liking it. It's got, looking it's got nothing this. going for it in my mind right now because okay. Westerns and old movies are like two, the two things that I, I can't know get you into. Don't, I know you. So we'll I'm so fascinated if we can discuss where the line starts for old movies. I think <laughs> that'll be a fascinating a good question. discussion. <laughs> Well, Dan, thank you so much for watching Goodfellas with me. And uh, we won't tell Martin Scorsese you didn't like it. Well, Lex, thank you so much for picking it. Hey, my pleasure. <laughs> Marty's going to be annoyed because I watched it on my iPhone. No, that's not true. But... <laughs> well, we'll be back next time. And until then, keep, keep watching, watching out for the... somebody shooting you in the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep watching you six. Yeah, just good advice. Just yeah. Good advice. we traveled recently with our kid we had to put baby formula in little ziploc bags and it really looked like we were carrying a ton of drugs we've discussed on other podcasts how uh, you're not a smoothie guy but i am and when i travel with smoothie powder i always write on the baggie not cocaine (laughs) we just wrote formula i always write not cocaine because it feels like a thing that is totally legal but feels like i'm breaking a rule (laughs) also because the one guy who passed it through it said not cocaine on it (laughs) 